You're listening to In Cahoots, a Mum Heart Australia podcast. I'm Lacey. And I'm Karina. And we're joining homeschool mums across the country, sharing our stories and encouraging each other, because everything's better when you do it with a friend. And welcome to In Cahoots. It's Lacey here. You're stuck with the more ordinary half of the co-host team as I go it alone again, doing some of my pre-recorded sessions before my family flies to the UK. I know that you're going to find this episode worthwhile. I'm getting to chat to somebody who has been an Instagram friend. Um, I don't know if we all have these, but we haven't actually met what do they call it? IRL in real life. So I'm getting a chance to talk to somebody who I've only known online, Fern Hood. Hi, Fern. Hello. <laughs> yeah, doing all right. Really looking forward to getting to chat to you. But I know that you're a listener to the podcast and I know that you know we always start with something that we have been up to lately. Um, and I wondered if you would share what you've been doing in your life with your family in the last little while. Well, it's been a bit out of the ordinary in the last few weeks because we were evacuated from our house the week before Christmas because of the bushfires. Um, We live in the Blue Mountains and uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. The kids had gastro, everybody was vomiting and then we were told it was almost too late to leave but I was in Newcastle with two of my kids and my husband was with the other two and it was just mayhem trying to get out. So we haven't been home for three weeks. We've <laughs> been all over the place. Um, but we're in Melbourne now with my parents on holiday and uh, that's been good. So that's what we've been up to. It's been pretty hectic. Wow. I can only imagine how nuts that is trying to evacuate just before Christmas, having Christmas on your plate, plus evacuating and not necessarily being there to do all of those things that only mum can do. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> My husband packed the suitcase with me on FaceTime because we knew we were coming to Melbourne, but we weren't going to be able to go home before we came here. So he had FaceTime with like the wardrobes and I was showing him, oh, on that shelf, we need that and go into this cupboard and get that. It was, it was, it was crazy. And he only had 20 minutes or so to do it all. And there's, there's six of us and a dog and it was just, he did really well. So 10 points of him. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that does sound nuts. I yeah. can imagine. I know that I've been trying to pack for us to leave for this big adventure and, you know, everybody wants to help and lots of people say, what can I do? But there's just so many things that only you can do because only you know where the stuff is and what will actually be useful and exactly yeah, yeah. those things. So what about, what have you been up to recently? Well, I don't do it very often, but I did go and see a movie the other night and that's been you know, playing over in my mind since I saw it. I went and saw Little Women with my mum. Awesome. I can't wait to see that. It's on my list. I can't wait. It's going to be great. (laughs) Yeah. I am trying to decide what I think about it still. Yeah. I I read the book lots when I was growing up and I've seen the, um, there was a version made in, I think it was the 90s with Susan Sarandon and um, Winona Ryder and I've seen that a lot. And so this was quite different. And so I didn't, I didn't dislike it, but I'm not sure if I was totally in love with it either. They um, mucked with the timeline a lot. So there was a lot of flashback, flash forward, and it actually started very close to the end of where 
um, I think the second book's called Good Wives. Is that right? I think so, yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling that, um, yeah, the movie starts towards the end of the second book and then there's a lot of backwards and forwards. And even for somebody who knew the story quite well, I found it a bit unsettling. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't dislike it, but I'm not sure that I loved it as much as I liked the version that was made right. in the 90s. Or maybe it's just one of those things that once you've got one version in your mind, you can't like the new one. I don't know. Pride and Prejudice. Never yeah. liked the second one of those either. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it might be one of those sort of things. But anyway, it was fun. It was a nice sort of night out with my mum and a chance to do something very different. And yeah, I enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, Fern, you have already told us a little bit about your family, but maybe you should give us the, um, the longer version. Tell us a little bit about your, your tribe and your husband and where you guys live and all that jazz. Okay. Well, we live in Philpin, a little town in the Blue Mountains. It's really famous for apples and orchards and apple picking, all that stuff. Um, I am originally well, originally, originally from South Africa, um, but we left when I was a kid and I grew up in Ireland and the UK, but mainly in Dublin, in Ireland. And um, I've been in Australia for 13 years now, met my husband at church and we have four kids and one on the way. So my eldest is seven, James, and then I've got Lydia, who's six, Lockie, who's four, and Evie is two. Yep. And what about you? Tell us a little bit more about some of the things that you like and the way that you're wired. What do you like as a person? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a very extroverted person. I like my time to, you know, process and like defrag from my day. Um, I love reading and writing. I have a, a diploma in creative writing, which I've never done anything with. So my goal one day is to write something, but I, I don't know. I started a blog that I've written on three times because <laughs> there's just no time. But um, yeah, I love all that kind of stuff. And um, just being with my kids and being at home. I'm a real homebody. I don't like being out all the time and stuff like that. I just like it just being us at home and it's, it's lots of fun. My husband's like that too. So kind of we balance each other well. <laughs> So, yeah, that's a bit about me. He's a horticulturist, so he works at um, the Blue Mountains Botanic Gardens. Uh, when we met, he was actually a stonemason, but he started again a new apprenticeship when we got married because um, it wasn't very good for his health doing the stonemasonry, so he's doing horticulture now, and he gets to work in a beautiful place, and, yeah, we're very blessed with that. So, yeah. Wonderful. Now, <laughs> you told me kind of the short version of how you got involved in homeschooling and I thought it sounded quite fascinating. So I would like you to tell me a little bit more about that and um, yeah, how you came to be homeschooling and what your background is with education and how that's influenced, you know, the sort of schooling that your kids have. Okay, well, when I met Ian Hoodie, everybody calls him Hoodie, my husband, um, and he told me that he was homeschooled. I thought he was crazy because I'd never really met anybody who was homeschooled. Very foreign concept to me. In Ireland, I don't know what it's like now because I've been gone so long, but back when I lived there, it was unheard of. Nobody homeschooled. It was like you see it in the, the American movies, you know, the weird kid, <laughs> the homeschooled weird kid. Um, so I was like, what? That's crazy. And But then he started telling me about his life and his childhood and how they used to be done by nine ten o'clock and they used to watch the school kids 
going to school in their uniforms and they'd already done all their lessons for the day and they'd like laugh at them out the window, you know, and um, how I used to fly kites off the roof and have so much freedom and just just the best upbringing ever, like being homeschooled. And I started learning more about it and it was so very, very different from my experience growing up because I... I just seem to have gone to school an awful lot because um, we traveled around a lot. I went to, I think it was five different schools over the period of my education. And um, yeah, a huge emphasis, especially in my last school on grades and on, you know, beating everybody else and being the best in your class at everything. And in that school, actually, we had school six days a week. So I went to school Monday to Saturday and we only had Sundays off, which is... What? That sounds like something from the <laughs> revolution. <laughs> I still can't even really get my head around it. Like, I think back on it now and I'm like, how did the... How did anybody... How was anyone okay with this? But it was just the norm in that school. I think there was one or two other schools in Ireland that were still like that. And um, it was a boarding school and it also had day pupils. And my mom actually ran part of the boarding department of the school. So we lived in a house on the school grounds. So I was literally always at school. So I'd go to school during the day and then I did my homework with the boarders at night. So I'd go back into a classroom for two to three hours every night as well to do homework. Wow. And there was crazy tests and exams and, you know, so much pressure from a very young age to get your A's and to do really well in subjects that you just, I was never created to be good at maths or chemistry and stuff like that. But, you know, the pressure there always to just get an A in everything. And um, so that's what I came out of. And then I met Hoodie, who was done school by nine o'clock, three or four days a week, maybe and then was playing with his siblings and going on adventures and swimming in rivers and flying kites. And, and I was, it was so foreign to me, but I was like, I want this for my children because I was also really quite badly bullied in some of the schools that I went to. And, um, and I didn't think that there was another option available to me for my kids until I met him and I heard about his life. And I was like, wow, my kids can actually grow up with this freedom and this, this um, ability to be who they were created to be and not who the system is defining them as. And if they're not good at maths, that's actually okay. And if they're not good at writing, then that's actually okay. They can grow up to be their individual selves and I can not have to say goodbye to them eight hours every day and, you know, things like that. So I began learning more from him and from his family about the homeschooling side of things and then when we had our kid it was never even a conversation that we had really when we had James it was just obvious that that was the route that we were going to go down and so we did and now we're just trying to figure out how to do it because it's hard but um it's it's a great adventure and we're very much in it together and yeah just seeing where it takes us really so yeah very exciting. I love that. I love that you came to it from such a different background, but have really embraced yeah. something that's completely foreign to what you had. And I think that yeah. takes a lot of courage because most of us are trying to replicate what we already know, um, but yeah. to do something that's completely different. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's been a little bit challenging for me because, especially with James and the first couple, of, the first year maybe that we were doing it, 
in my head, I was still very regimented and we have to take all the boxes and we have to, you know, do all the tests and you have to be at this level by the, and the kids, like he was six, you know, like, and I was putting all this pressure on him that I always had my whole life. And it's been a massive learning curve for me or an unlearning curve for me to get out of my own headspace of the way I was brought up and the way that I knew school and to like do a complete 180 in this other way. And he's been great because he's been very gracious in his six, seven years of his life that um, he's given me the space to learn. And my husband's given me the space to learn or unlearn everything that I knew and try and figure out how to do this whole new world, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And you have mentioned to me previously that um, you guys are living, well, you live in the Blue Mountains, you said that, but in a, in a really tiny house. Is that right? It's right. It's it's really tiny. When we moved in, I was I, it was only going to be a temporary thing. It's a little cottage on um, Hoodie's grandparents' property. And when we moved there, it was just until we figured out where we wanted to live. And now we've been there nearly nine years. And we've had almost five children in the time. And it's literally like seven by ten, I think. And we have two rooms and there's no internal doors except for the bathroom door. So it's basically like... All four kids are in one room and we have our room, but it's kind of just like a big communal room, basically. And I have to escape to the bathroom because it's the only place where I can close the door and lock it. And the bathroom is tiny. If I sit against one wall, my feet touch the other wall. And I just hide in there a little bit sometimes. But it's great. Like, I wouldn't change it for the world because we're always doing everything together. And as hard as that can be sometimes, and as much as I want to run away sometimes, um, I'd really miss my kids if we lived in a bigger house, I think. Like, if they could go in their room and close the door, I'd be like, oh, you know, and hang out with me, you know? So it's been really great just being able to always be together like that up until now, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. And how has that impacted the way that you do school then? Well, that's been a big learning curve, and I think we're still trying to figure that out, especially as the younger ones get older. Um, this time around with this baby, there's a bigger gap than there's been there's a, a year bigger. So um, it's been hard trying to do like book work and stuff or anything really with the older kids, with Evie especially, she's two and she, she is into everything and on top of everything and drawing all over everybody's everything. And so just trying to figure out how to keep her entertained and not just rely on the iPad all the time. And, you know, it's been really hard. So for a while we would wait until she went down for a sleep or Lockie before her until they went down for a sleep. And then we'd try and cram everything that we had to do in that hour or two hours, which made it really hard because that was unpredictable as well because you never know how long they're going to sleep. Um, so it's just basically we have to figure it out every day how we're going to do it and try and keeping them out of it and trying to include them in as much as we can as well. Um, if the kids are doing worksheets or, I don't know, science experiments or whatever it is that we find ourselves doing, just trying to do a little version for them as well, for the little ones to try and include them and make them feel like they're part of it or setting them up at the table with us with their colouring in and everything. And we've just started doing family reading. So in the evenings, we'll do all of our read aloud kind of stuff together as a family. And even if they don't really understand what's going on. Um, they're still part of that learning experience. So, yeah, it's, but it, we have no idea really what we're doing. So we just try and figure it out as it comes and cross those bridges when they arrive. So, yeah. You can spend an awful lot of time outside. 
We do. We spend a lot of time outside because our house is so little. Um, we have a massive trampoline and we have a cubby house and I just send them outside as much as I possibly can, which is great because it, it means that they're growing up with a lot of freedom to ride bikes and climb trees and get dirty and just have adventures outside. And I never had that either growing up because we didn't even really have a yard. So, um, and I, I have an older sister, but she's nearly six years older than me. So we were never really on the same playing level, you know? So, um, I spent a lot of time playing by myself when I was a kid. So it's really nice for me to be able to see them playing together outside. And it, they're like a little gang and it's really special. And, and that's one of the things that I love the most about homeschooling is that they get to be each other's best friends and grow up together and actually spend time together and know each other and, and, and play together. And, and that's really cool. So, yeah. Lovely. Now... <laughs> We've kind of already touched on the fact that you have been evacuated for bushfires. Now, is it just the once or has it happened more than once in the last... So this is the third time, but this time was a long time. So the first time was just for a day. I think we went back that night. Um, and that was just a precaution because it was a catastrophic fire danger. So it was mainly just because we didn't want anything to happen, like to start around us. The second time we spent the night out, at, um, thank goodness my husband's sister has a big house who could just accommodate us and the dog and we just kind of took over. Um, so we spent the night there and then we went back home once the danger period had kind of passed. But this one was pretty extreme and um, we left and we wouldn't have been able to go home. I think, sorry, my in-laws came with us because they live on the same property as us and it was 10 days, I think, for them that they were at. So if we hadn't come to Melbourne, we wouldn't have been able to go home anyway. But also six weeks before Lydia was born, so in 2013, we were evacuated for 10 days then as well for bushfires too. So it's not our first rodeo. <laughs> We've done it before. So yeah. Okay. So in between bushfires and, you know, having a pregnancy to manage, which I don't know about you, but that tends to knock me for six. Um, yeah. And, you know, you've got a baby arriving in 2020 as well. What... You seem to have sort of got your head around what it means to homeschool in a crisis or in an unusual situation. Um, yeah. I'm wondering if you can talk us through what that looks like for your family um, and what you've learnt through the flexibility of having to cope with those sort of events. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, maybe give some advice to anybody else who finds themselves homeschooling in a crisis. Okay. So when we first found out about this Gosper's Mountain fire. It was about 40 kilometers away from us. So it wasn't a major threat. It was in the middle of nowhere. Um, but my husband was away in Tassie for work for two weeks. And so I was at home with all four kids and I was seven weeks pregnant and hadn't told anybody yet. So I was like vomiting and exhausted, but trying to keep, you know, on top of everything. And then there was a bushfire. So he was like, oh, don't worry. It's going to be fine. Um, it's so far away. So that was when the crisis kind of started. And I had to navigate those two weeks by myself. And then, um, yeah, it kind of built over the next maybe four weeks after that. The fire kept getting closer and closer. So it wasn't like it just happened overnight. I had a little bit of time to prepare. So I just went through all the things that I had left to do with the kids for the year. And I just picked and choose like what was I thought was important. And I just had to let the rest go. And um, I had to just not be precious about, you know, my brain wanting to tick all the boxes and make sure everything was done for the end of the year so we could start again next year and stuff. I had to just 
let it all go basically and just feel like I can't actually carry all of this and then missing out on some English lessons for two weeks is not going to matter as much as me being a complete stress head in the situation and losing the plot. So I just basically let it all go and I thought my child's happiness and our safety and just getting through this is just way more important than finishing those phonics lessons and getting to the end of the maths program. So I just let it all go basically. And while we were still at home, we focused on doing craft and fun stuff to try and hide the fact that I was so stressed out about impending fires and not knowing whether or not we were going to have a house in a couple of weeks. And yeah, I just tried to keep the mood light and we packed up my husband's car and he went to work every day for a few weeks with all of our valuables and all of our filing and everything in the car um, so that we could leave at a moment's notice if we had to. And we just had to just, you know, take every day as it came and just not try and get caught up in getting everything finished and getting all the assignments done, but just being happy and okay and safe and healthy. And, and so that's what we did. And it, it was hard because... I felt like there was still so much to do and I was trying to do Christmas shopping and, you know, getting all geared up for Christmas and feeling festive and trying to feel festive with flames. <laughs> it was just, it was pretty hard, but we got through it. And at the end of the day, I think we came out a bit stronger than we were before. So, yeah. I can't imagine what that would be like, but it's just, I know everybody around the country has got their eyes glued on all these bushfires at the moment and we're... Yeah, all interested in the stories of people who've been impacted by them. So it's really wonderful to hear um, yeah. how that impacts a homeschooling family as well. And I guess, you know, you guys will be going back soon and those fires and the bushfire season is not yet over. So this story is probably still not quite finished. Exactly. And it's hard not to feel guilty as well because our street was one of the only streets in our town that wasn't affected by fire. And um, when the fire actually hit Philpin, it wiped out big sections of it. And we haven't seen that firsthand yet. And when we go home, we've got to drive through, you know, just burnt out streets that used to have cafes that we loved on them, you know. And, and it's hard not to feel like, oh, why was our house spared? Or why did we kind of get away with it? when other people didn't and just to realize that it's, it's not, that's not actually the case. And um, it's not like it's something that we need to feel guilty about. I know that there's another mom in Bilpin who lost their shed that had all of their homeschool stuff in it. And I was like, how? I, I just know how blessed I am that we didn't have to go through that. I don't even know how I would navigate that. So fire effects, it's affecting everybody so differently. And I think in this crazy climate that we're in in Australia right now we all just have to have each other's back and just keep praying for each other because it's all it's affecting every one of us it's just affecting us all very differently I think so, hmm. yeah. and I guess tacking on the back of something that you just mentioned there I know that you have at least one other local homeschool family that you meet up with regularly can you tell us a little bit about that um, relationship and and what the homeschool community is like where you live yeah, so on our side of the mountains, um, we don't have a lot of people that we spend time with. We don't know a lot of people on our side. But on the other side of the mountains, there's quite a huge homeschool community. So every Friday, we go along to a group called Rib Kids, And um, it's been a real life changer for me. Like, I was feeling quite isolated when I first started because none of my friends were homeschoolers. And I met these, these moms over there. And 
the kids just clicked with those kids and we go there every Friday and they do some sort of lesson-y kind of thing, you know, it changes every week and crafty things and they play and they have running races and, um, and it's just been a great help for me to be around people who have the same mindset as me. And um, I'm quite introverted by nature. It takes a lot for me to actually open up to people and um, to put myself out there. So it's been over the last year, a great journey of getting to know these moms and feeling comfortable with them and um, allowing them to like help me um, and figure out what I'm doing with homeschooling and everything and to see my kids having other kids to play with who aren't just their own age and gender but you know like James is friends with a 12 year old boy and a nine year old girl and they're like besties and it's great and um, it's been really helpful for us to have that and to have something to look forward to at the end of every week um, where we can just go and just be us and be around people who get us and understand us it's been really great mm. Who, who takes responsibility for running that? Um, well, up until the end of the year, there were three moms who did it and um, they would oversee the whole thing. But every week, a different mom who's part of Riv Kids or dad, there are a few dads as well, I'm going to shout out to the dads. <laughs> um, we would take responsibility for it week to week. So one week we'd have a roster and say on my week, I might, we did a paper airplane making week once when I did it and we had another week where we made something else and then we have market days and show and tell days and a different parent every week takes responsibility for the running of it so there's like a, a communal ownership of it it's not just one person carrying the whole load for it so and it's different to a sort of a co-op that has a defined subject area or a curriculum yep. that's working through it's more of a getting together for socializing and group activities yep. as well as that might be yeah, and it gives people, it gives kids a, a chance to experience things that they might not be able to experience without it. So some of the moms might, one of them's a florist. So we had one week where the kids learned how to make flower arrangements. And my kids, like, have never done that before. So it was great that it tailors to all the, the parents' strengths as well. And if you're really, really good at something, you have an opportunity to share it with other people's kids so that they get to experience it as well. So, yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Um... I think we are probably almost running out of time, but before we do, I always like to ask a couple of curly questions at the end. So I have a couple ready for you. <laughs> Hope All right. Pumped. So I want to know, what do you think that people should make sure that they do before summer finishes? We're in term one. So, you know, summer is going to be drawing to a close. It's not quite finished yet. There's enough time to kick one more activity in that is a must-do before the cold weather starts to arrive. So what do you think that one activity should be? Well, our favourite thing to do in the summer with our really European white skin is to go to the beach in the evening. And I think it's something all parents should do with their kids because it's so much fun to go there in the late afternoon and have a picnic dinner on the beach and just spend time out there watching the sun go down and seeing the stars and that's what we love to do is our big summer activity. So if you haven't done that with your kids, I think that's what you should do. I like that. We do not make the time to go out 
in the evenings very much or yeah I think it's that we're probably starting to get out of those years with little little kids where you've got you know a baby that's just screaming and needs to be in bed but I feel like the mentality <laughs> hasn't shifted yet and we often look out at about 6 30 in the evening and think this is the best time of day why are we stuck inside sometimes you need to throw the bedtimes out the window and just go have an evening nighttime adventure with your kids and we've done it a few times where we've let them stay up and look at the stars at like nine o'clock or whatever and they still talk about it remember that time we got to stay up like really late and go out with you so they you never know what kind of things your kids are going to remember and i think it's really important to foster an environment where they can make those memories that are going to stick with them forever so yeah fantastic and the second question i have for you um, I know lots of us have thought about New Year's goals and resolutions and probably something that all of us want to keep growing in is our own relationship with God. Um, I wonder if you have any good resources, whether it's a podcast or a book or a devotional or an Instagram yeah. account that you follow, something that you would recommend for people um, that can help them tend to their spiritual life, something that's been helpful for you. Yeah, totally. Um, the best book that I have ever read changed my life and I'm not even exaggerating, it actually changed my life, was by Anne Voskamp, and it's called um, A Thousand Gifts. And it's all about gratitude, basically, and about learning to be content where you are and thanking God for the little things in your life and how, how true joy comes out of gratitude. And I have recommended that to basically every person I know because it, it's one of those books that you just, I've read it like six times, and it, it truly changed my relationship with God and the way that I saw the world. And so that book, hands down, would be my number one recommendation. And um, there's, a, there's a lady that I've just started following on Instagram. I think her handle is it's Salty Biscuit. And um, she reads one page of the Bible a day. And she draws on her Bible and she makes notes on her Bible. And every single day she doesn't put her pressure on herself to read three chapters or, you know, whatever. But just one page, whatever that encompasses. And she does it so that she can get something out of every single page of the Bible. And she puts up these photographs of her, the pages of her Bible and the notes that she's made and the revelations that she's had. And it's just really encouraging to me because sometimes I think we get so caught up in trying to, you know, make that half an hour space to spend with God in the morning or whatever. And sometimes it's just really, really hard to do that. And um, to think uh, if I just spent 10 minutes hiding in the bathroom because it's the only place with the door and just making notes in one page of my Bible, and like God will meet me there and he'll speak to me there. And um, that's just been really encouraging to me to just take the pressure off of trying to, you know, read these massive devotionals every day and just one page, make some notes and trust that God will meet you there with that. Because every word of the Bible is important and you can truly get something out of every page of it. So that's my thing for the year. I'm going to do a page a day. Okay. <laughs> that <leads us. laughs> that's a good goal and we will make sure that we have links for that in our show notes like we yeah. always do so yeah thank you so much for chatting with us today Fern if anyone wants to find you online or read this blog of yours that only has three posts where can they find you so my Instagram my homeschool Instagram is homeschool hoodies and um, that's I haven't been very good with that but I'm going to get better or my personal one is Fern Crystal 
um, just at Fern Crystal. And my blog is called Blossom and Rain at WordPress. So I will send you the link to that. You can put it in the thing too. There's only three posts, so and they're not life changing, but you know, I believe big things for it in the future, hopefully. That's all right. Three posts is enough to read over a cup of coffee, and that's about all yeah. some days. Yes, have fun with that. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for making time for us today and I will catch you on Instagram. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great having you join us today, whether you've been doing the dishes, folding the laundry or maybe even getting some exercise. Thanks for sharing this time with us. To find us online, you can search for Mum Heart Australia for our website, our Facebook or Instagram. Feel free to leave us any questions or comments. And maybe you could share this episode with a friend if you think that they might be encouraged by it. Thanks for being in cahoots with us today.